I was teaming up with people who were doing things that at the time were radical. You know, it was radical to have different models of different sizes and an inclusive setting. This was groundbreaking at the time. I mean, I was having conversations with people in the fashion industry going into New York, you know, Fashion Week over and over and over again. And I was hearing, well, the models are really supposed to be the hangers with legs. And I went, well, how can anyone envision themselves in that? It's like, well, they're supposed to be able to use that as a tool to envision themselves in that. I'm like, no, they're not seeing themselves represented like over and over and over again, just having these conversations. So now it's kind of spiraled into my brand as well. Welcome to Sincerely Future You, a podcast that helps ambitious women like you make decisions today with the future you in mind. Are you someone who's making decisions in your business for money and for time and for the short term and has suddenly looked up and wondered, is my business reflective of my values? Does my business not just feel like it's moving forward, but does it feel like it is a reflection of beauty? Does it feel fun? Does it feel creative? Does it feel like you? If not, or if this is something that's important to you and you're always looking for ways to improve this type of business evaluation, you are going to love our guest. Ashley Capone is the founder of Beauty Marks NYC Creative Studios and the creator of the Beauty Activism Movement. Beauty Activism is something that I had never heard of until I heard it from Ashley's mouth and now and that was a while ago and now it is trending it is kind of all over the place you see it in big brands like Aerie Um, you see it really being something that large companies are starting to have to pay attention to because it's being demanded by our clients we're starting to care more about what type of values our companies have that we're buying from right Ashley defines beauty activism as a movement to change the paradigm in our society through the intersectionality of inclusion, sustainability, beauty, and philanthropy. Ashley's been working in the creative field for over 20 years, and she's committed to only working and collaborating with other beauty activists, which I've seen her do and turn down opportunities because these collaborations that businesses present to her, they don't meet the beauty activism standard that she cares so much about. And I think that this work is so powerful, and I've started to infuse it in my own business. Her work as an artist has been focused on the healing of the beauty industry while attempting to heal ourselves in the process. By redefining and reclaiming our own relationship with beauty, we're harnessing a tool that has ripple effects far beyond our own bathroom mirrors. She's a mama. She's an autism advocate. She's a sign language slinging Jane of all trades. She's hilarious and smart and probably one of the most relatable people I know. She's been a one-on-one client of mine and is also in the March class of the Masterful CEO School. I've spoken to her about her before on the show, and as of recently, I hired her to produce our first live event coming up in July, which I know I've spoken to you guys about as well if you've been a listener of the show. I can't explain the depth of thought that she's infused into every part of the process for me and making the logistics of 
producing this live event actually fun. I cannot wait for you to listen in on our conversation about community, money, accessibility, and value-based activism that will hopefully make you think about how you can make your own business more equitable, aligned, and beautiful. But before we dive in, you know I can't leave you without a hype sesh and shouting out the listener of the week. So... Listener of the week is Tina D. Tina D says, brilliant. I love listening to this podcast. Not only is it a positive and upbeat, plus I learn loads of useful information for being a woman business owner. I'm so glad that this is useful for you. And sure, we love to be positive and upbeat. And I'm glad that even though a lot of what I say on here is really tough love, You understand that all of this is coming from a place of high energy, of knowing that our future selves are just kicking ass and taking names. So Tina, I'm so glad uh, that you took the time to leave a review. And if you guys are listening right now, we are currently in the middle of a fun goal over here at Sincerely Future You, where we are racing the clock to create 60 reviews on the podcast by the end of June. So please be a part of creating that goal and meeting that goal with us. It just means so much to me. And I love hearing the feedback so I can just keep making the show better and better. Okay, here's the part I know lots of you guys just wait for. It's your hype sesh. Get hype. I'm hopping up and down on my couch. Okay, don't want to get out of breath before I say this. Are you over-promising and under-delivering in your business? Yikes. How about under-promising and over-delivering? That's definitely better. But what if you could over-promise and over-deliver? Sometimes we hear these phrases and they become so commonplace in our culture that we just forget that we can smash the good, the standard, and be great. Here's the difference, darlings. We're going to infuse this new motto into your life and business today. We all know that over-promising and under-delivering, it's not good. It's the equivalent to a used car salesman. It feels gross. It just feels terrible when this happens in our own businesses or if you see this in a business or you've been experienced this in the sales process elsewhere. They're promising the sun and the moon and you just know there are going to be some slugs in that soup when you get it. You're like, really? This is the best deal ever? And then nine out of 10 times when you leave with a car that's got two-wheel drive when you're about to have a winter baby in New York, That's a real life experience. No, no one feels great in this scenario, not even the person that is delivering. So if you're in a pattern of under delivering, you're going to slow down and reevaluate. But really, this hype sesh is for the listener who's feeling pretty high and mighty because they have developed a habit of under promising and over delivering. Truthfully, of course, this is the better of the two. And if you're already doing this, great. But the wild thing about what we future viewers know is that our future is completely unwritten and there are no rules in the future. We get to live outside of that either or box. We get to use what I call a third door. And in this case, that's over promising and over delivering. The only reason we under promise is so that we can delight our clients on the back end. Good for you. Delight away. However, we promise the standard and then we, if we get around to it or as a part of our plan, give a little surprise. 
Now, there's a time and a place for this, especially as you're growing or practicing a new offer and testing things out. But there's also a time to blow your client's mind and raise the bar in your industry. Over-promising, it just means that you're promising your clients more than they've ever seen. Now, I don't mean giving them all of your time or an insane discount that's going to cause you not to have any profit. I simply mean thinking about something that would make your offer compelling as fuck and then delightful and fun for you to deliver it as well. Then for the really sexy part, are you ready? Over-delivering on that over-promise. You've already sold them something that's blown their mind. It's a no-brainer. They're psyched. But hey, you're not done yet. Because from the time you've created and sold that offer to the time you're delivering it, you've become a higher-level CEO. You have thoughts, skills, emotions, tools, expertise that you didn't have then. Your capacity has grown. Here on this show, I'm giving you permission to lean hard into the self-concept that you just grow rapidly. It's what you do. WWFYD, what would future you do, babes? And because you're constantly expanding, deepening yourself, your company, your team, and your belief that your offer and you will always be able to over-deliver, promising less than that is only coming from your belief that you don't know if, what, how, who you'll be when you deliver your product or service in the future. And you do know, my friend, you know deep in your bones that you aren't going anywhere. And what you have to offer is la creme de la creme. And even as other attractive offers pop up to compete with you in your industry, they simply can't because future you is always evolving and she is always over delivering. Let that sink in. Take a deep breath in a power pose and say, I over promise and I over deliver every time. And then go enjoy this killer convo with my guest, Ashley Capone. Okay, you guys, I'm so excited for you to finally meet in the etherwebs. I guess I don't really know whether we consider this meeting. In the airwaves. Yeah, in the airwaves. If you're listening to the show, I guess you're not meeting Ashley, but you kind of are because I have talked about her for a handful of times on the show. Um, She's not only one of my best friends, but also someone that I've hired, someone that is a client of mine. And we just have so many different relationships that it's kind of bonkers that you haven't been on the show yet. But I'm glad that you're here so that we can share with the world all that you have done, the journey of your business. I think it's really interesting. I think what you're doing is, I don't like to use the word trending, but I I mean it in a positive way. Like it's just really important. People are, they care to learn about what you're doing. So why don't we dive in? Just tell me a little bit in your own words about currently what your business is and what you guys stand for. Well, first of all, thank you for that lovely introduction. And I just want to say before we start, thank you for having me on the podcast. It's taken me a while to get here. But that's because I really just want to bring home to people that coaching wasn't accessible for me at the time. And I use the podcast as a tool to get to where I am today. And I'm forever grateful to you for offering this space as an accessible space for people to access this mindset work. 
um, because I definitely could not have done any of this without you as a business professional or friend or I don't know, you play a lot of roles. We're definitely way too intimate <laughs> to be, we call each other business colleagues, whatever that is. Um, I know it's like- And you're a great person to work with, you know? And I have seen the evidence too. I've been around to see you grow your business and this evolution of where future you has taken it is like really never acknowledged on this Yeah, show, so, I mean, that's um, really fun actually. I don't know that I have had someone on the show- that's known me as long as you definitely not. So, I mean, I, for those of you who are listening, Ashley and I go way back. I mean, we grew up in the same town and we went to the same school, but we actually never went to school at the same time together because she was three grades older than me. But our moms were in the same book club together. We had a lot of mutual friends who were in the grades between us. Shout out to book club. Yeah. Shout out to two book clubs, right? Our our high school wannabe book club <laughs> and our mom's book club. I mean, at that time, like for the audience, just so they they get to like laugh a little bit with you because you, you're always like giggling, I feel like during group coaching um, when I am using my personal anecdotes from the past and talking about that growth because you really witness that like you saw who I was then and you're like no she's not exaggerating this is real she yeah. was terrible at these things and now it's kind of almost like you've come to know two people and I feel that way with you as well um and your growth and your journey I would never say you were terrible I I would say that you lacked the skills but you you're definitely one of the people who has the motivation I think that there's like that's key is that you have to if you don't have the skills those are learnable. You just have to have the motivation part. And that's a part you always did have. Um, and that was really the through line for all of this. Yeah. And I mean, I would even say, though, that like in a lot of ways, I didn't have the motivation to develop the skills until I did. You know what I mean? It was like I, their time management wasn't important to me. In fact, organization of any sense wasn't important to me because two reasons. Number one, I just didn't think it was possible for me. I kind of just thought it was part of my identity that I was sure. kind of flighty and and mismanaged and all of those things. And, and so it wasn't until I started getting into that personal development space. And I think for, for all of us as business owners, when we're up against this new result that we want and we're just like, ooh, the person that I am today – is just like not capable of this. I like to just say, yeah, that's true for the person that you are today. And that is the whole point of having this concept of the future you where you get to really say the person that I am in the future is has a whole new set of skill sets, has a whole new set of thoughts and understanding and like a level of self-compassion for herself that's so much greater than I do right now. How can I access her? How can I lean on her? How can I get some sort of insight from her? It'll be fun as we're t as I'm hearing your examples throughout the show of like how you've used that to just really reference things of of what we experienced being friends yes. with each other along the way. Yes. And it just ups the quality of the questions is just the main point because it's like what it's what else could be true? Yes. If I if I believe hard enough, what else could be true? And that's really how beauty activism started is I believe 
so hard. We dived, we dived right in without doing that type of intro. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. A little bit how I started was I feel like I've been a secret undercover makeup artist. Like I became a makeup artist because it was a great creative job that I could do part-time while I also pursued acting. I knew I also could have other creative jobs while doing it. It could be my bread and butter and that I could grow it into something bigger. And when I was thinking about what I was going to grow it into bigger platform was like, what do I want the overall message going to be? Like I thought about beauty marks really 20 years from now, and now we're here 20 years from now. (laughs) And Over the last 10 years, I have been a makeup artist and I have been advocating for other activists to join us in this community. And I've really just watched that grow. And specifically, beauty activism is the cornerstone of all of this. And it's really just the intersectionality of a few things that I thought needed to change in order for everyone to feel beautiful, to feel accepted, to feel like they're in alignment with themselves because I knew makeup wasn't the only tool in the toolbox for that, right? That that works deeper. So it's like, how do we create a cultural change where it's acceptable to be focusing on these things, to be focusing on inclusion, to be focusing on sustainability? And I don't just mean for the earth, I also mean sustainability specifically for people in being, ta- being able to take care of themselves and get their own needs met. Yeah. And just beauty. And then also like I dove into research of what makes people feel beautiful. And then what is beauty? I mean, I've been on this quest my whole life as an artist. Just, you know, that's what most artists are are really at too. You know, at the end of the day, they're really looking at that question and answering it differently with different perspectives. So I always have found that interesting. It, It was always more to me about how could I create a cultural shift around the ideas and people's relationships with beauty over just being a makeup artist. And one of the ways I did that was after reading The Tipping Point. I don't know if you've read yeah, that one. I ha- yeah, a long time ago. I think Malcolm, yeah, got, yeah it, was, it was one of the first books that really affected me in this way because they tell a great story about Doc Martens and how Doc Martens got to become as famous as they did. And it started, you know, in this underground community in Soho that was not the Soho it is today. And it was in the music scene. It was off the beaten path. It was a small company and it was just word of mouth. And you and I have always talked about this, like word of mouth is still the best form of advertising. So really I knew what had to happen was we had to shift the culture, cultural thought on what beauty was. And the way to do that was to go through media, go through editorial, go through Soho again now and just plant these seeds and these ideas in as many people's heads as possible. And then it's New York City. I mean, it just beauty is an energy. And it the ripple effect of that has been tremendous. And I'm not to say that I'm the only one that has been pursuing this by any means. There has been a handful of us, but I will say it was a small handful when we started. I remember when you were first talking about it and when you were using the term beauty activism, I was so confused. I was like, what is this? And Mm -hmm. now I hear it and I'm like, wait, Ashley, no, you were really on the cutting edge of of this concept. I mean, again, whether or not that word was something that you created or whether you – you wanted to infuse it into the mission of your business before it was mainstream, before people really cared 
to make beauty activism part of their mission. So give us an example, like more concretely, how a business, a business owner who's listening right now could use you and consult with you in a way to make their business more um, aligned with their audience using beauty activism. Yeah, absolutely. So Beauty Marks NYC is now the beauty service part of my business. And Beauty Marks Creative is this new endeavor that just launched this week in Port Jefferson, New York at the Hive Creative Studios. Shout out to them because they have been incredibly supportive of this new endeavor. Can't wait to get over there. Yes, it was it was a labor of love, but Oh, it's so beautiful. Are you watching this on YouTube? You guys, wait, move your head a little bit. Ashley did the makeup for this. It was in an editorial. What was that for? Yes, that was for, that was um, a photo shoot for American Salon Magazine. And that's one of the people that I'm talking about. It's like I was teaming up with people who were doing things that at the time were radical. You know, it was radical to have different models of different sizes and and an inclusive setting. And this was groundbreaking at the time. I mean, I was having conversations with people in the fashion industry going into New York, you know, fashion week over and over and over again. And I was hearing, well, the models are really supposed to be the hangers with legs. And I went, well, how can anyone envision themselves in that? It's like, well, they're supposed to be able to use that as a tool to envision themselves in that. I'm like, no, they're not seeing themselves represented. Like, over and over and over again, just having these conversations. So now it's kind of spiraled into my brand as well, right? And um, it's been fun. Over the last five years or so, I've started producing films that are, you know, focused in this area. And I've started, you know, dabbling in a little bit of philanthropy with it and um, trying to bring self-care to people who are going through cancer and illness and any other situation that could really be robbing them of feeling beautiful um, because it really robs you of your dignity when you don't feel beautiful. So that's really why I keep coming back to the cornerstone is beauty activism is really about beauty being a human rights issue that we are all entitled to feel beautiful. And really what I want Beauty Marks Creative to be now is not only a service company, but we're also going to start selling, you know, products and we're going to start producing more events. And I've been doing styling. It's really like, it's really tapping into the idea that beauty is an energy, right? It's, it's not, that's not a woo-woo thing to say at all. It's science. You get a dopamine hit, that oxytocin is going. When you see something that lights you up, that is something that you can harness, curate, and bring into your everyday life as a tool, as a mental health tool. Yeah. As a business owner, I just keep thinking like people pay to feel connected to beauty. And so for me, how can I you, you know, make infuse beauty activism yes. into my brand to help my clients feel not only, like you said, represented and feel like they can access my brand and my tools and my teaching. So part of that, right, is looking at my whole business as a whole and looking at the accessibility of it and the equity of it and looking at the language I'm using and looking at the images that I'm using and seeing like, is this speaking to the audience and the people that I want to speak to? Is it diverse? The 
the people that I'm speaking to. And then also I've hired Ashley now to come on and help me run from start to finish my entire live event for the Masterful CEO School. So our first live event is going to going to be July 8th and it's coming right up. It's right around the corner. So why don't you tell people a little bit about kind of that process? So if anyone is someone that listens and they do live events and they wanted to hire someone like you or specifically, right, if they wanted to hire you, if they wanted to have um, beauty activism infused, what did that, that process look like for us? What are the types of things that are important to you and like the creative process from start to finish for that? We've been a beauty activism only collaborator from the beginning, which now that these ideas have taken off, it's led to some really fun and exciting work that has gone beyond, you know, makeup. Once I was tackling new things, I started to realize that I had this Jane of all trades approach. And as a producer, I could see budget wise, how that could be really helpful and how much more savvy we could be. Because this Jane of all trades approach is really me acknowledging and, and healing a huge part of myself too, I have to say. Because for years and years and years, you know, I was diagnosed with attention deficit disorder at age eight. And the stories that I have heard have shaped me in negative and positive ways around that narrative. And this really helped me to embrace all of the times I started something and was like, learned that next, learn that next. I am hungry for art. I am hungry for creativity. I'm hungry for connection. I always have been moving home and being here in Port Jeff has just brought that up all the more for me. And I have dabbled in so many different creative jobs that I'm a Swiss army knife on set and I can help people figure out how to one, infuse more beauty activism into their brand, and two, make sure their brand has tentacles and it's serving them in ways that they didn't even know it could on an inspirational level, because I believe that's, that's a currency as well. And on a connective level, Mm -hmm. um, you and I connect with a lot of business entrepreneurs and you can't deny that there's a whole movement going on with that as well for women. Yeah. I mean, that's what this whole live event is going to be about. And so to give it more like context and tangibility for the listeners, when Ashley and I, when I hired her to produce the event, I was like, okay, these are the details that I have for the event. Like I was like, okay, we have to just figure out the date. I want it to be live. I want it to be one day. Everyone's kind of coming in together. I want to do a workshop. That's like it. That's all I really knew. I was like, I want to do a workshop. I want to do some fun things. I just want it to be fun. It's no different than when someone comes to me for makeup. They say, I don't know. This is what I do. This is a mascara I use some of the time. And I like this look. And I would really like this look on my Pinterest board, but I've never been able to accomplish it. Like stuff like that. It's, it's all, it's all the same. We're elevating you, right? You are your brands and we're elevating you through the creative event that you're planning. Yeah. And so to give everyone some examples of things that she brought to my attention that I hadn't really thought about in a way is like she was asking for some inspiration. We were doing like an inspiration board um, and I was sending her some of the marketing or some of the people out there that inspire me that are maybe doing some things similarly. And she was like, okay, okay. Like I see this. I like this part of this, but like all of this can't even possibly begin to 
be you. And I realized like it, it didn't cover me. She was like, you were like, it lacks like your fun. It lacks like your, your brightness, your color. And when you said that, I was like, all right, first of all, I was like, I completely agree. Like no one quite has that the same quality of energy that I have. I don't mean good or Nobody's bad. You. I just mean that Nobody's same you. texture of mm-hmm. energy. Nobody's me. Exactly. And so for anyone listening, it's like she helps bring out of you the units that you really are limiting when you're using Pinterest only to or just like saving other people's posts and using that to create what your brand is. It's like you need to ask higher quality questions. We talk about that on the podcast all the time. It's higher quality creative questions and processes. And to make it fun again too. I noticed I like I was like, what is happening right now? It's the same thing as what what happened with Beauty Marks NYC. I was like I see people who want a natural look. I see people who want to look like themselves. I want I see people who want to move and feel and be themselves at their wedding, just their elevated, most presented self, of course, but themselves, you know? Um, and that's what I try to infuse to every creative project I have worked with, designed along the way. Absolutely. And other things that we had discussed, like other elements of this event was, okay, like what is important? How do I want my clients to feel? What are the things that I want them to leave with? And not just information because I could do that all on my own, right? Like that's not Ashley's job. She's not coming up with any of the content of my event. She was helping me. And of course you do a lot of the logistics. And I will say that is that is beauty to me. Beauty to me is being able to come in, be a creative like explosion of confetti in your face and you just like sweep it into these nice little piles and just like present it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Present it back to me. And you had said, um, okay, like how can we make sure that the girls feel beauty like throughout the day and it was a question that I never would have asked myself probably because um I don't think that I use that word too much even though I do understand that it's important and also important to my clients right um and and so we are infusing a bunch of other self-care moments and one of the things that we had talked about as well was to me, it matters that this whole thing feels like um, a community, like rallying around this event. I'm newly in Garden City. I chose to have my live event in my new hometown. And I was like, I want the people around. You were like, okay, like let's, let's infuse local. So what did you do? Like what was your strategy there? I think it's just when you are looking at the tentacles of your business, you want to always be supporting other companies that are in alignment with you and that are doing their own great work in the world. You know, it's like we could get the coffee at the, you know, at the big box. We could get the box of Joe. You know what I mean? It's like, why don't we go down to the local small business and ask them instead? Because these, this is how communities are built. These are how connections are made. There's a deep, deep need for this to come back to in real life communities. 
and people being there for one another and people showing up for one another. I don't want to get on my soapbox with the activism stuff about the government. I'll try to keep it as neutral as I can. (laughs) But what I want to say is no one's coming for us. It's really our responsibility to make this world beautiful and to feel beautiful in it. It's nobody else's responsibility. And we can help each other to do that. But the way we can do that is through community um, and through building these strong networks that become, you know, family, they become clients, they become, they refer you. It's just, it's, it's the same thing as the tipping point. It's the word of mouth. I'm still positive. It's the best form of advertising and it's the best form of activism as far as I'm concerned. It's so good. And it's been such a fun strategy, right? Because like I'm getting to know the other local business owners who are my clients, right? That are like local and supporting them. And I remember going to Stacey Bayman's mastermind. Uh, She did it in Kentucky and she bought cookies for all of us uh, from this girl you may have heard of her she's like blown up i don't know whether she was on shark tank or what but she has autism and she runs her own like cookie company that is like massive it's really big and the cookies are very very good and she's got like some big um clients and the mastermind that i was a part of is really about sales and she was like i wanted to support this girl who was so good when i called her impressed about the story like oh i would love to invest. I would love to buy from you. She was kind of like, well, how many, she was just like, so to the point, the girl. And she was like, yeah, like her strategy, her business is so successful because she's willing to call and ask for what she wants. And then if it's a no, she doesn't make that mean anything. If it's a yes, she's like, okay, that's business. And if we could only all be a little bit more like that girl. But my point was like, I remember being so moved as a client of that mastermind that Stacey had thought to be really thoughtful about the things that were going out to us. And I know that that has always been very important to my business. Mm -hmm. Like you said too, like I want to be a pillar of my community. I want to impact everything that I do, impact my community in a big way. But also like when we're always tying it back to time and money and all of that, it's like really your, your business can grow rapidly and the sum of your business when you see let's say you grow to 100k using local or you grow to 100k using you know whatever was the cheapest or whatever kind of was amazon products and and just using whatever was right available to you you will see that you are what you eat for for a lack of a a better term there it's like I When I did my annual report, if you haven't listened to that episode, you can go back and listen to the episode um, when I did my report. I realized that at the beginning of each year, I outline what are my values and then I make sure that my business decisions reflect my values. And so it took me a long time to find the right accountant because my I wanted to hire a female accountant that shared the same values as me. And so I went through many, many, many iterations and ended up doing my taxes by by myself or with my husband for like many years until finally I found her this year. And now that I have her, it's so aligned. It's such a click fit. And I know that when my clients, so she came on a call with all of 
everyone in the Masterful CEO school on Monday and there was a bonus call with my accountant. I knew that I could throw her in there and people were just going to eat it up. And they did because when you make business decisions from a place of beauty activism, from a place of aligned core values, when things get tight or when you don't have enough time, you don't have to worry about the wrong things spilling out of your cup because you Mm -hmm. filled it properly. Yeah. Well, it's quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. And then once I realized that I'm I was like, how can I take beauty activism and quality over quantity into other aspects of creating beautiful events, beautiful films, like producing, creative producing. Before the pandemic, I was supposed to be creative producing a runway show. It's like being a musician who could play a few different instruments. Like they're like, I don't know. I just like, I'm a musical person. Like when I pick up an instrument, I just can kind of figure it out and play. That's how I feel. Like, I just feel like all of these creative jobs led me to the service industry. And now I'm interested to, to see as we expand and as beauty activism expands, you know, I knew I couldn't expand this idea until our society was ready for it. Right. Just because that's how capitalism works. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I found my niche. I found I was a makeup artist. I was specifically this natural look makeup artist. I also did activism work around this and a I think that it's always coming back to what is quality over quantity. What is the content your eyes are eating? Because it's telling your brain something every single time, every single time. That is why we do this work. That is why working with Stacy Smoker, who did this fabulous hair behind me, we decided on quality over quantity on everything we were doing in that. And when you decide on that, then you're investing in quality for other people's businesses who are also putting that quality work out there. And that just has raised this idea of inclusion and in media up higher and higher and higher. And the more that I knew, the more that there was a demand for it from us to see ourselves represented in all sorts of ways, us as a culture, that that demand would have to be met because that's how capitalism works. Yeah, and you're just going to end up attracting clients that will make up a business that you don't resent. Exactly. Right? Like if you're not aligning your values with your offer, then you end up attracting a client that you really kind of don't want to work with. And I hear people all the time complaining about their clients and I'm like, there's just something misaligned here. And I think that it's exactly what we're talking about here, right? Like they just haven't given it the the time enough or maybe they don't believe that it's valued, that beauty activism right. is valued. And I think that right. we're kind of proving them wrong. Like, I mean, I'm definitely paying for this. And one of the things that I'm wondering if people are thinking when they're hearing um, quality over quantity and, you know, slowing down and being thoughtful and doing all these things and, and curating, right, is like expensive. Like, oh, that's going to cost me too much. I don't know if I can afford to be a beauty activist. Can you speak to that? Yes, absolutely. That's another thing that's like, oh, the tentacles on that. It's like my brain just went bing, 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 because so much has happened. I'm like, there's so much we could talk about. We could talk about how there's you know, being there's pressure being put on the laws right now to have um, all of our beauty products looked at the same way we look at the food we put in our body. Right. You know, there's all of this pressure now to have 
inclusion and sustainability as a part of your business. And that has actually made it more accessible. It's made it more accessible for than ever for people to participate in beauty activism. But what I will say is the most accessible part of beauty activism is that you need to acknowledge that it starts with you and all of those small changes. They're small, small changes, but the more you infuse that work into your life, taking a walk is free. Growing a plant from a seed is free. Like curating beauty is free wherever we see it. And once we start tapping into that, we realize what we like, we realize what we feel, and then we realize how to create more of that and to bring others with us along the way. One of those Jane of all trades things that you bring to your business is like a willingness to look at a budget and think of that as a part of the beauty activism, right? It's like, hey, we don't have to, not everything has to be luxury price to feel luxury. And I know that like even with just looking at your space and your studio over there, like I know for a fact that certain items in your studio, you like found like that, that like amazing, um, like plush, I don't know what it's called, like a velvet, like chair or like sofa. Yeah. That one's not in here. That's at the Greenpoint studio. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, like I found it on the street. It was the NYC in the Beauty Marks NYC. I literally carried it on my head home. Yep. And like this wallpaper behind me, it's peel and stick. I did it myself. And I'm just like, to me, it makes... It gives it an energy. It makes the experience Mm -hmm. of filming my podcast. People associate this Alice in Wonderland feel with me. And what costs me maybe like $200 for wallpapering the whole section of this room was an investment that has elevated my brand and actually caused people to say, oh, like who who is that? Or immediately they stop their scroll yeah, because they know. see and they notice like that's Jess. Mm-hmm. And so I was less thoughtful about these things before listening to you and before just the things that you bring attention to that seem to be like, oh, yeah, that would be nice and that'll be something that I invest in, like an extra, like the cherry on top of the cake to be a beauty activist. But actually, I think of it more as like the plate. Like it is so foundational. And and when I think about my 2023 annual review, there are going to be so many metrics that I put in and I call it the section of my review is like the metrics that matter. It's like I want to make sure that I'm measuring not just money and not just hours worked, but within money, it's like people need to see what what created the 200K that I made last year. Well, I, I had a baby last year. I was eight weeks off in terms of maternity leave. I Talk launched a creating new beauty. offer. Yeah, Baby right? Mari. <laughs> Baby Mari. She's so beautiful. Um, yeah. And so I just, I'm really grateful for the work that you are putting out there. I think that it's only going to spread like wildfire and people are going to wish they listened to you sooner because reverse engineering beauty activism into your business is just harder and costs more than if you do it from the ground up. Um, but it's also not 
never too late, right? It's always the best time to start thinking about it is now, right? Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, I started being like, okay, this is beauty activism light because this is like taken, this is taken on mainstream, right? This is like, we're seeing this in, in our commercials. We're seeing this everywhere, which is incredible. It has to happen that way in order for it to spread the way that it has. But it also started making me feel like it was not authentic, you know? So it was really important to me to get back to working with small businesses. My parents owned a small business here on Long Island. And I've always been around the culture of that. And I've always understood how important it was. And I think now when I look back, I could have grown my business faster had I not taken that beauty activism or beauty activist only wanted <laughs> approach. But I had another job at the time because it was important to me as I built this business to take on work that really represented my values and really represented the art that I wanted to be putting out into the world. These are my actual beauty marks. My logo is my actual back. I have atypical mold disorder. And it's like, everybody has their things, right? Everybody has their, their things that make them, that they have to rise above in order to feel beautiful. And for me, it was like all of these beauty marks and the scars that I have from them, because I have to have things taken care of all the time. And how do I rewrap that for myself, you know, and how do I infuse beauty into that? How do I change the story in my head? It's no different than any of the other mindset work that we talk about in business. You know, that's where it starts. It starts with those small shifts and focusing on yourself and then focusing on others. You focus on your own beauty mark and then you pull out and you focus on the constellation of beauty marks, right? The people around you, the community around you, so you got to start somewhere. And that's where I started. I started, okay, how do I reroute my own insecurities? How do I reroute my own feelings about beauty and really dive into uncovering what makes me find, feel, and create beauty? And that's where it started. And I'm happy to see it's grown. And I also watch with a critical eye because I see that there's there's a lot of people just trying to take like a a joy ride on the, on the beauty activism train, you know, they're like, okay, we'll jump on now, you know? So I think it's important to honor all of the people that it took to really get to this place. I mean, our culture has changed so much that just giddy up during COVID, everybody was home wearing whatever outfits they wanted to wear to feel their best and eat whatever you want to eat to feel your best. Like we were all just doing our best and something cracked, you know, we cracked open and it's spilling out now into the media and into the products. And it's really exciting to see. And I'm really happy to be doing creative consulting now, which you can um, go to my Instagram, Beauty Marks Creative, uh, tap.bio. That's how you can find me um, and all of my offers you can book me for a beauty consult and makeup lesson. And you can also be, book me now for a creative consult where we talk about, you know, what we can do with your business to make sure that you're doing this work alongside with everybody else, because it doesn't just, like you said, fill your, your cup. It fills other people's cups too. So it's just, it's exciting. It's exciting yeah. to spread. It is exciting. And I'm just, I'm glad and excited to report back to everyone what kind of, uh, what kind of changes. And I didn't even get to even name all of the things that kind of came out. I, I just recently did a rebrand. My business officially went 
all in on Sincerely Future You. And part of that was inspired by the final push that came from doing this work on this live event that was like, no, everything needs to be brighter. It needs to just be dialed up. Like that is the work that we're doing. It's bright. It's in your face. It's like you either love neon or you're not for this space, right? It's like this space is, that is what makes me feel energized and beautiful and my clients as well. And, and that's what attracts clients like you to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so like this work, while some of it does seem, you know, aspirational and just like a little bit um, more, like you said, philanthropic, it is, but I do not see it separate from my revenue goals and from my growth goals for the business. And I just wanted to like leave people with that because I think that as you're growing your business, if you are doing it very authentically and aligned with your values and aligned with the values that are going to make your community and your the people that matter to you for me like women business owners a better place like everyone keeps asking me this new offer that I have legacy room coming like oh you could probably meet your goals I've talked to a lot of people behind the scenes if you just let men in and I was like yeah I know I'm not interested in that though that's not what my values are. And I just think doing this work intentionally ends up, yes, maybe on the short term, you do take a bit of a growth cut, but in the long term, you end up growing in the way that you really, really want to. Yeah. It's putting down roots. It's that's the way you're growing. It's creating investments where they matter and knowing where to let go creatively in your budget in your schedule, all of the above, you know, creatives, they're a funny crowd to, to wrangle, um, their, their ideas, because it's like, they just, it floods to them, you know, and it's like things spark. And then we're told that that's unorganized. Right. So it's just giving the space to breathe into that creative energy, to stop saying that you have to behave a certain way in order to look or be professional all of these things and say, let's really curate a beautiful life and some work that you feel beautiful in. Like, I want you to feel beautiful at this event. You're throwing this event for everybody else, but I also want you to feel like, yes, this is my events. You invested in this event for us, for your clients. And you not only want them to feel taken care of on an everyday basis, you wanted to celebrate that, that that is trickling into their lives and their business. Yep. Amen. That's all beauty activism is. Yep. You know, Amen. so good. Well, I mean, I could talk to you forever and that is very evidential. I know it's uh, evidenced in the fact that we were at a Mexican restaurant last night. For four four hours. Um, But thank you so much for finally coming onto the show and for sharing with us and educating us on the importance of this work. Because I think that if people, like you said, there's a reason why this podcast is free. If, If people just take this episode and just take the few tips and the few things that you focused on in this show, and if you start to infuse it into their brand and into their decision making, they are in no time going to be at the place where they're just really 
called to start working with you and start taking this beauty activism in their business to the next level. Yeah. I mean, I jumped from being a podcast listener to just investing in one-on-one right out the gate. So a lot had to happen in order for that to be possible for me. And um, thank you for the support along the way. It was an honor and a privilege to talk to you today. Yay. Future you. Yes. It's weird knowing past you because now we are future you. It's a trip. And now I'm like, where's where, where else are we going to go? I know. Where else are we going to go? I know. I actually think we would be flipping out to have just a bird's eye view above of this moment right now. Like, what right? a, what is happening? What, who are we? Right? And I think we always kind of knew, like, we just were going to be attached to a mission that was bigger than us for both yes. of us. Yeah. Yes. And I think a lot of uh, my listeners really relate to that. It's like yes. there's a mission and it's bigger than you. And when you're connected and making decisions from that place, the money and the time it chases you, you don't need to chase it. Absolutely. All right. For those of you go and follow Ashley over at Beauty Marks. Is it Beauty Marks Creative on Instagram or? It's Beauty Marks Creative on Instagram and it's www. <laughs> Don't edit that I'm not out. cutting that out. <laughs> World Wide Web dot beautymarksnyc.com. And you can see some of the work that we've been doing and you can connect with us there. Yes. Even just for an infusion shot of beauty, just go and check that out. All right, you guys, we will see you next week. Thanks again, Ash. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Ashley is always helping me think deeper and wider about my business in a way that is not just focused on my personal goals, but really is helping me think about um, the whole process, not just the results, and making sure that it really is a representation of my values and that the clients feel that as well, so that everything feels super aligned. And that at the end of the day, the more my business grows, the better the world becomes, the more beautiful it becomes as well. So I hope that you enjoyed this. And if you did, please leave us a review or just pop into my DMs over at Jess McKinley Wayno on Instagram and l- let me know that you loved the show. Um, you can connect with Ashley as well. And we just can't wait to hear what your thoughts are on beauty activism and how you're doing your part in the world. And also, just as a reminder, as we're speaking right now, as you're listening to this, if you're listening to this episode in real time, we are about to kick start the splash pad. The splash pad is my course for business 101 for people that want to monetize that thing they're already really good at. Now, you might just have an idea and you're coming into this from scratch, but also Honestly, the splash pad was really designed for creating those systems and giving you those beginner level systems to increase your profitability so that you will be able to consistently invest in your business. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know, I have been in business for a year or so. Is this right for me or not? The question I would ask yourself is, are you trying to get into the Masterful CEO school? Are you really just feel like you're always a one step behind investing in your business in the big, powerful way that you want to, you want 
to make sure that you have unlocked the five tools that I am teaching you that every business owner needs to know to get the systems moving in a consistent way. We're going to be talking about the basics of marketing, sales, time management, and money management. It's that well-oiled machine behind. And of course, making sure that you as in your thoughts and in your feelings, you've aligned that plan so that showing up to your action plan just feels like going about your day. It feels easy. It doesn't feel like you're forcing yourself to show up or you're striving that hard to be different than how you felt when you woke up in the morning. And if you're feeling like you can't get out of that place that you're in and you're stuck, the splash pad is for you too. So you can sign up Anyone who joins before June 21st is going to get a bonus call with me. You're going to get a founding members call and we are going to kickstart all of you guys off together. The splash pad is not coaching offer. It is a community and it's lifetime. You'll get access to each other in the Facebook group and we'll do some coaching, of course, within some written coaching within the Facebook group. And you can always pop on to our monthly coaching calls of Ask Coach Jess. So you're going to have tons of support, but I'm telling you, this course is for anyone who is not consistently hitting the revenue goals that they want to be hitting okay so make sure that you get into the splash pad and for those of you who are just waiting for the next time to get into the masterful ceo school my twice a year coaching mastermind that enrollment is also coming and we will be enrolling for the september class july 10th. So get ready. If you're not yet, make sure you get on our email list. Um, You can do that by going to sincerelyfutureyou.com or in the link in my bio and my Instagram. All right, you guys, I am just so pumped to get back into those two spaces and share with you kind of what is going to be happening with the people who are getting the actual wins. They put their money where their mouth is. They are showing their future self hey, I'm coming for you. Are you coming for your future self? Let's go. Hey, hamsters. If you want to learn more about today's topic, head over to whatshappening.com forward slash podcast. That's what's happening. W-H-A-T-S-H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G.com forward slash podcast. If you're a business owner and you're resonating with what we talk about here, what are you even doing? Come hang out with me over where the party's at on Instagram at what's happening WJS. Again, that's happy H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G and book a discovery call to see if coaching is your next best step.